0: You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church podcast. Our mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today, and wherever you are listening, we hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: Well, all right, as I said, we're in a a series called Do the Opposite, and uh, have you guys ever uh, heard of, it's kind of a, Uh, It's own little genre of entertainment, but like fail army or fail videos or the hashtag fail, right? Where, um, you know, you'll see videos of these guys like riding skateboards and like just wrecking themselves or you know you've got middle-aged men who are jumping on their kids trampolines and they end up you know doing something crazy and ends up on these fail videos Uh, anybody familiar with these you've seen these They're, they're probably my favorite type of entertainment Right? I've spent quite a bit of time watching fail videos. I can get sucked in uh, pretty quick to watching uh, those videos. And uh, so today I thought we would start off by just looking at some fails. And uh, there's been a, a no greater source of humor, I think, over the past few years than looking at some of parents trying to homeschool their kids during the pandemic, right? And so uh, I found some things on the internet I want to share with you, uh, these interesting things. So let's put the first one up. So on the second day of kindergarten, the teacher had to send out an email saying, parents and guardians, please stop arguing in the background. It's very distracting. And that is a homeschool fail. What's the next one? I got a call from the vice principal telling me that my kid attending class in the hot tub is inappropriate and cannot happen again. Homeschool fail. Anybody got kids like that trying to go to school in the hot tub? I got one at home. He, he thinks he could attend while he's in bed. Uh, this one's pretty funny. Uh, you're helping your kid at home. The kid says, hey, what does copious mean? And we say, use the context clues in the sentence to try to figure it out. And three seconds later, the kid says, hey, Alexa, what does copious mean? As a sign of our times, it's funny, we ask uh, Google at home everything. Uh, I don't know what we would do without Google. So what's next? Oh, this is great. You ever forgotten to get the stuff for the kids' project at school and then you have to just use what's laying around the house? Well done, parents. Well done. That is a, a homeschool fail. And this one's my favorite here. So Ben, here had to write how uh, things were going at home for the homeschooling. It is not going good. My mom gets stressed out. My mom is really getting confused. We took a break so my mom can figure this stuff out. I'm telling you, it is not going good. This is a homeschool thing. This last two years been tough. Been tough. So, and then in 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 kind of honor of Valentine's Day, I thought I would uh, show you a couple Valentine's Day fails uh, as well. These are great. Let's see what we got here. This is the sign at the drugstore for Valentine's Day. You can get candy, candles, or pepper spray. <laughs> Valentine's can be challenging for women. I get it. I get it. So, I'll make sure you got some pepper spray. Uh, this one was funny. So you see there, this is a, uh, Valentine's day display there and you've got, you know, uh, uh, hearts and different things. And then what do you see right there? File for divorce. Definitely a Valentine's fail for, uh, office max there. So here's another one. I thought this was really kind of creepy. Um, you've got Valentine's day candy. And then right in the middle of that, you can give your loved one sudden sleep pills. We do not want that. Don't trust that guy, please. Uh, and then this card, a girlfriend is a sister you choose. No, <laughs> that is definitely not what I'm looking for uh, for Valentine's Day. Uh, so uh, don't do that, please. Don't do that. Any more? Here we go. Uh, this one's great. Uh, kid rode his uh, mom a Valentine's Day card and said, I love you. You're doing a great job at not burping at my bus stop. Happy Valentine's Day. There you go. Valentine's fails. And so, you know, we all face different failures in our life. We face different things um, that are challenges, you know, from homeschooling to relationships uh, sports fails. We're about to watch uh, one of the biggest games of the year, and, you know, we could see some of that. Personal failures, work failures, financial fails. But one of the most challenging fails that I think we can um, have in our life is when we come up against something um, that's really tough and when we begin to doubt, and it's something that I would call a faith fail. A faith fail. It's when you feel like your faith is slipping or failing and when you go uh, uh, through a tough time or a season of crisis, much like what most of us have experienced over the past two years, it's a very challenging uh, uh, time collectively we've been through and uh, it can do all kinds of things to your emotions, right? It can play with your emotions and, 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 and your feelings and particularly how we perceive our faith. And I'm confident because, honestly, for me, uh, I'm in this boat. I've been in this place multiple, many times in my life. But I'm confident that some of us are experiencing a crisis of faith in our life. And that this crisis of faith, you know, it can show up in a lot of different ways and, and come at us in a lot of different directions. And the first way is, like, we can begin to doubt ourselves, Right, when we begin to doubt ourselves. You feel like maybe we're not good enough. Maybe it it, it there's something about me, or I'm not getting this faithing, or or other people seem to be getting their miracles and and God's blessing them. But where's my miracle? And I don't feel God maybe like I used to, and I don't sense Him anymore in my life. And 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 you start to doubt yourself, and it can become a crisis of faith where you think maybe something's wrong with me. Or maybe it's more God-related where, you know, we wonder if he's there at all, right? Or maybe he's there, he's just not strong enough or powerful enough to do anything about the situation or what's going on in the world. Or maybe he just doesn't care because why would he let me be in this situation? Why would he let us be in this predicament you know, uh, we've all been in some challenging situations, and some of you have, have really had some serious things happen in the last few years where, you know, business has changed completely, and maybe uh, you've had to completely rethink how you make money or financially, what your business is going to do, uh, Or maybe you've had loved ones who uh, have been sick and you're not able to be there to comfort them, and it's been a very challenging times, and, and you never thought that you'd be where you are, that we'd be in the situations that we've been in and we've all been navigating this ongoing, never-ending, seemingly never-ending pandemic in our life and it can lead us into a faith crisis in our life and we can start to feel like my faith isn't strong enough or I'm doubting and I've got all these doubts and, and, and I, I don't have enough faith to see me through all of these challenges. And so if that's you today, I want to bring some encouragement to you. I want to bring a little bit of, of hope today. And, and I really want you to listen to me because um, you know, sometimes we believe that doubt is the opposite of faith, or that doubt can't exist if we have faith. Like here's faith and here's doubt, and that they're these two separate things. But what I want to suggest to you today is that faith and doubt are like two sides of the same coin. In fact, if you struggle with doubt, self-doubt or even doubt uh, about God, if you struggle with it at all, then it's actually an indication that there's faith in your life. It's actually an indicator that you have faith. Otherwise, we wouldn't call it faith, right? We would just call it certainty, right like hey man i don't i don't need faith cuz i'm just certain right like the whole idea that we have faith implies that there is doubt and so because there is faith and there is doubt and it's in the midst of that tension right between faith and doubt that we need to live and we need to understand that that's that's okay listen to this your doubts your doubts don't disqualify you they actually define you, as a person of faith. And as we struggle with faith, if you're struggling with faith today, I want you to have hope. I want you to know that it's okay, and maybe. You're going through your own wrestling of faith and doubt. Maybe you're wanting to, to lock yourself into your home and to, to not expose yourself, just to hide away, to not expose yourself to any more hurt or harm uh, that, that, that's out there that might make your, your life worse. And you may be doubting yourself. You may be doubting God in your life, but I want you to know it's okay. It's okay because your faith may fail, but God will never fail. Your faith may fail, but God will never fail. He is faithful even when our faith fails. He's faithful. So today I want to look at a story. It's a very familiar story in the Bible. You'll recognize it, but it's a a story I think we can learn from when we're in seasons of doubt. And so let me just set this up real quick. So Jesus had died. He'd been crucified on the cross. And uh, he had risen, it's three days later, he had risen after three days, and he appears to his disciples, right, his inner circle, his close uh, companions that were with him for years, he appears to them after his resurrection. But, uh, you know, one of the disciples weren't there. And so I want to pick up this story here uh, in John chapter 20, verse 24 through 25, and it says this. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. When Jesus appeared to him, Thomas was not there. And they told him, they told Thomas, they went and told him. They said, we have seen the Lord. They were so excited. It was so amazing. And they're explaining to this other disciple who wasn't there. We saw him. He's risen He's alive. And it was this amazing experience where we got to interact with him and see him. Uh, But Thomas replied, but he replied, it says, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers in them and place my hand into the wound in his side. Now, this is where uh, Thomas gets another nickname that he has that we remember him probably most by, uh, and that is Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Thomas and I think Thomas kind of gets a bad reputation uh, because of this because uh, you know if we go back just a few chapters uh, we find Thomas uh, uh, having a huge faith and so Jesus uh, was going to visit Lazarus who was his friend who was very sick and had passed away and Jesus says hey I'm going to go see Lazarus. And uh, Thomas misunderstands, I think, uh, what's going on. But he makes this statement after Jesus leaves. He looks at the other disciples and he goes, hey, let's go with Jesus and let's die with him. And let's go die with him. And so what I want you to understand here is Thomas was a man of faith, right? He had faith enough to follow Jesus even unto death. And he was willing to go and to die with Jesus uh, at this point. So Thomas does have faith. And, and Thomas gets this nickname, Doubting Thomas, because he's having a moment here, right? He's having a moment of doubt. Anybody here ever have some moments in your life, right? Like Thomas is having a moment, but it's not the only moment in his life. It's not the soul-defining moment of his life because he's doubting. And so we can all, you know, have these moments, uh, and, and, and this is what's going on with Thomas, And so Thomas, yes, is doubting, he's struggling. He may be in his own moment, his own faith crisis at the moment and things haven't turned out the way Thomas thought they would, right? Things aren't happening the way he expected them to go. He didn't expect Jesus to die and to be crucified. He didn't expect, you know, uh, that he would be put into a tomb. Uh, He didn't expect uh, things to be going the way that they were. So he's wrestling with disappointment and discouragement. And here's, here's the thing about doubt sometimes that can happen. Uh, you know, uh, when we wrestle with doubt, that oftentimes if we peel back some of the layers and really get to the, the core of what's going on, uh, it, there's more there. And I think that it can be uh, a part of hurt or discouragement or disappointment in our life. I think Thomas in this situation, you know, uh, was feeling a little left out. Right, Jesus had appeared to his buddies in this amazing event and Thomas missed out. And so he may not even know why, but, but Thomas is disappointed and he's hurt and there's discouragement. And then in this moment, Thomas lets his doubt kind of rise up and come forward. And so he ends up with this nickname, Doubting Thomas. And so what do we do? What do we do when we're experiencing doubt in our life or a crisis of faith in our life, or you know when when we don't know uh, uh, if our faith is strong enough or we look around us and things aren't the way we thought they would be, and where's God in all this what do we what do we do with that? And so I think we can learn some things from uh, this passage of uh, from Thomas uh, and Thomas's story of doubt and the first thing that I think Thomas models for us that I want you to hear today is that we need to keep showing up. Keep showing up. Um, You know, it can be easy to quit, easy to quit in life certain times. You know, I I was looking for an example about this and I found this funny thing I'm just going to share with you. Um, It's this quote. So put this up here for me. I thought this was... It's pretty funny, an example of somebody who who wants to quit maybe. A pretty lady in a restaurant came up to my table and asked if I was single. Happily, I replied, yes. And so she took the empty chair to another table. (laughs) Sounds like a guy who would think it's easy to give up on relationships. How how funny would that be uh, if that happened? Um, But sometimes, you know... We can get frustrated and we can get discouraged. And I think this is where Thomas is in this story, right? He's frustrated. He's discouraged. He's disappointed. Uh, But don't miss this. Let's see what Thomas does. And if we continue reading verse 26 of John chapter 20, it says this. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And at this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Peace be with you. So Jesus appears to the disciples again. And why? So Thomas was still there. Thomas kept showing up even after uh, he was saying that he didn't believe the disciples and their account that Jesus was risen from the dead, right? And, and just imagine, like, how would there have been tension between the disciples? Because Thomas is saying that's, there's no way that's true. And the disciples are trying to convince Thomas that Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to them. And so there's this tension that's probably there. But Thomas kept showing up, he, he kept coming around eight days later. And so somebody here needs to hear this today. Somebody needs to know today that if you're hurting, if you're struggling, if you're doubting, if there's a crisis of faith in your life, uh, you know, uh, uh, you don't, uh, if you don't want to leave your house anymore, if you don't want to go outside, if you, if, if you just want to shut everything out, one of the most powerful things that you can do is to simply keep showing up. Keep showing up. Thomas kept showing up. Eight days of discouragement, disappointment, of doubting, but he kept showing up. Kept showing up. And eventually, because he kept showing up, he put himself in a position to be blessed by God. And in this case, A visit from the resurrected Jesus himself. Kept showing up. And listen, you can can drag your doubts to God. Or you can allow your doubts to take you away from God. You can drag them to God. You can drag your doubts to God and keep showing up. Or you can allow your doubts to separate you and keep you away. So take your doubts about who you are, about yourself, about your abilities, about your failures, about your sin, all your junk. You take all of that and you drag it to God. Take your fear to God. Maybe, uh, you know, you're just not feeling it anymore. Maybe you don't understand what's happening, but keep bringing it to God. Keep showing up at church on Sunday. Keep showing up to your small groups midweek or online, keep uh, reaching out to spiritual friends in your life and pray about it and and start talking about it and journeying it out with others and with God. And you'll see that God's going to show up in the middle of that. He's going to show up for you if you keep putting yourself in a position um, to be with God. You know, when it comes to faith, we tend to see faith and doubt as these two separate things like we talked about. But, but honestly, faith... You know, uh, if we look at it here, we, we think that our, our faith is, is large and we're doing well and all things are going great and our doubts uh, uh down, right? And we're not doubting as much, but our faith is good and all things are going. And we're, we're communicating with God and we feel God's presence in our life. And then there's the opposite that we can think of sometimes, right, where our doubt is overtaking us and, and it's separate from our faith, but, you know, we're, we're struggling feeling God's presence or, or, or you know, we're, we don't know what's going on with ourselves. But the reality, I think, is not that these two things are separate, but that faith and doubt are together and that it's a tension between the two, that it's more uh, uh, real to our human experience, that, that we're going to go through seasons where there's doubt and we have faith, but they're not separate. You know, uh, we, we have a tension between these two things that exist maybe our whole life and that's Okay. Your doubts don't disqualify you from your faith. They just come along with your faith. They just come along with it. And so you can go through seasons in your life and difficulties in your life and doubt maybe seem bigger than faith, but your faith is still there. It's still still there and God is still moving and working. So you keep showing up. Keep showing up. Like Thomas did, keep showing up. And as we continue to read, look what happens next in the story. John 20, 27 through 28. So Jesus then turns to Thomas and he says, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be what? faithless anymore. Don't be faithless any longer but believe. And Thomas responds my Lord, my God. So doubting Thomas gets his moment, right? Though he had been doubting uh, though he had not believed he gets this moment of certainty and he believes. And I think it's it's, it's beautiful that Jesus doesn't judge Thomas here, right? He just restores him. He doesn't correct Thomas in any way. He just restores him gently. He doesn't say, where were you last time? Like, why weren't you with the disciples last time? He doesn't say that. Instead, he just says, here I am, right? Touch the wounds in my hands and my sides. And I think it's a, a beautiful picture that Jesus uses, he uses his own wounds to heal Thomas' wounds. He uses his own wounds to heal Thomas's wounds. And you know, the Bible talks about that. Like, By his stripes, we are healed. It's through his wounds that Jesus restores and heals Thomas. So if any one of you, if you're feeling wounded today, if you're feeling, uh, 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 you know, uh, that, that you're struggling know that you're loved by one who has been wounded, right? If you need healing today, know that that, that Jesus understands. And think about it this way too, like uh, Jesus wasn't present when Thomas made the comments, right? Like until I push my finger in his wounds, I won't believe. Like Jesus wasn't physically in the room at that time, but yet he knew what Thomas needed. He knew what Thomas' issues were and his struggles were, and he responded to those. And so God knows how to give each and every one of us exactly what we need. Even though the door was locked, Jesus came to Thomas. Even though Thomas was doubting, Jesus came to Thomas. Even though he missed the miracle initially, Jesus came to Thomas just like he has come to you and he's come to me in different seasons in my life. You know, you think about it, when when you were lost, Jesus still came to you. When you felt left out, Jesus still came to you. When you were messed up in your mind, Jesus still came to you. When you were running with the wrong crowd, Jesus still came to you. When you made a bad decision, Jesus still came to you. When you cheated, Jesus still came to you. When you gave into temptation, Jesus still came to you. He showed up in your life, he didn't abandon you. When everybody else abandoned you, Jesus came to you. When everybody let you down, Jesus was there for you. When you let everyone down, Jesus still came for you. And when you had no idea... How to get to God. Jesus came to you. So when you have doubts, when you have discouragement, when you have hurt, it's normal. It's okay. It's okay to doubt. But keep showing up in the places where God shows up. Keep showing up. Honestly, if there's there's one piece of advice that I think can fit just about everything, if I uh, one piece of counseling or or spiritual advice I could give, it would be that. Just keep showing up. Keep showing up at church when you don't feel like it. Keep going to your small group. Keep reaching out uh, to uh, your spiritual leaders in your life. Keep showing up in the places where God shows up until God clears it up. If you're a new believer and you don't know what to do next, keep showing up. If you aren't sure what God wants for your life, just keep showing up. If you feel like my life is on hold, keep showing up. If you're going through a hard time, keep showing up. If I'm not feeling God move in my life anymore, keep showing up. If I messed up again, just keep showing up. If I feel like giving up, just keep showing up. Drag your doubts to God so that they don't drag you down. It's okay to doubt. It goes along with our faith. It's okay to doubt. We don't need to be afraid of doubt because your faith may fail, but God will never fail. God will never fail. So keep showing up. Second point I want you to kind of take with you this morning is remember your reasons. Remember your reasons. You guys um, who are on social media, you ever notice like Facebook, I think, does this. Instagram, maybe. There's a app called Time Hop, I believe. Um, but it's where like you'll get these notifications of photos uh, from like a year ago or two years ago or five years ago or whatever. Anybody familiar with those? You see those things come up? few of you, we have, my wife and I have a, a Google Photos account and it does this thing where it'll remind you, right? And we do this thing where we have one Google Photos account and it'll automatically upload all the pictures from both of our phones. And it's pretty cool because I'll get to kind of see things that maybe I missed that I wasn't able to be at. Same thing for her, but you know, it recently did this uh, and we've been doing this, oh my Lord, for a long time. Matter of fact, I, I went back and I looked and I found this picture, look at that. That was the first picture uploaded to our Google Photos in 2007, right? My wife has not aged one bit. She looks exactly the same to me, but somehow I have uh, doubled in age, it looks like. But um, we can take that down now. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, so just kind of proof that we've been doing it for a while. And um, I'll do this occasionally. I'll get stuck where it'll remind me of a photo, right? It'll... Post something and say, seven years ago today, you were doing this, and it'll be something, and I'll just get sucked in, right? And I'm looking at all these photos, just going through one after the other, and I'm seeing all of these old photos. I see pictures of me holding my youngest son, right? And I've got him like this. And now my uh six five, two hundred and thirty-pound son could cradle me like that. You know what I mean? And so I remember the days when he was small enough to hold. And uh, I see pictures of, like, trips we would take in or going to Six Flags. And then, you know, I see, like, proms and homecoming dances and all these things. And then you get to the weddings, and I'm just crying and I'm weeping. And I'm like, wow, you know, time moves so fast. And, um, you know, I just get sucked into uh, to these pictures. And, you know, I just think that, that sometimes we need to be able to take a look back and to remember um, what God's done in our life in that way. We need to kind of take a time hop in our mind about what God has done. If you're in a faith crisis now, one of the most powerful things you can do is remember your reasons for faith to begin with. Remember your reasons. You know, and I can remember so many times in my life uh, where... God showed up when I was in need. And in so many different ways, right? And it's easy for us to kind of forget what God has done uh, in our life and with all the blessings that he's bestowed upon us. And one of the reasons it's so important to continue to show up in church and to show up in your small groups and your Bible studies, etc. One of the reasons it's so important to do that is because you're going to hear testimonies from people. You're going to hear other people's stories. And it's those stories that can help remind you of what God's done in your life. As somebody shares how God restored them or delivered them from an addiction, or as that that God found them and saved their marriage, it reminds you of what God's done in your own life. You know, there's a a, a verse in in the Bible that says that uh, we overcome by the word of our testimony. We sang that this morning. We overcome by the word of our testimony. And it's not just our testimony, It's when we hear others' testimonies, that we become free. and it's when we give our testimonies, that others become free. And so we need to be reminded. we need to be reminded, we need to remember the reasons. remember what God has done. So let's look again at what Thomas does here, and what, as we continue on, verse 20, or I'm sorry, uh, chapter 20, verse 29 says this, "Then Jesus told him you believe because you have seen me blessed are those who believe without seeing me remember your reasons for belief and you know we don't just pull these reasons out of thin air right like we just don't Um, um, make up stuff, right? Like uh, we have reasons and evidence for our faith, for the foundation of our faith. And we already kind of talked a little bit about our personal reasons that we can look back and see what God's done in our life. Uh, But there's also historical evidence and eyewitness accounts uh, that we can look at where, uh, you know, uh, our faith uh, can, has a foundation in these stories and in history. And no, we can't necessarily prove it in some scientific laboratory. It is still faith. We still have to believe, but it's not irrational faith, right? It's not unfounded faith. It's not illogical faith. But there are reasons for our faith. And, and real quickly, just to give you three bullet points of, of reasons for our faith, number one, we have eyewitness accounts, evidence from eyewitnesses. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, are all eyewitness accounts of the Bible. And, and so like, uh, uh, from a historical perspective, there's probably more historical evidence for the life and crucifixion of Jesus than there is of any other historical figure. There's so much that have been written in terms of uh, history about Jesus. So there's evidence from eyewitness accounts that were written uh, uh, over and over and over. It says um, that um, you know there were over 500 people who witnessed the resurrection. Of Jesus. The Bible talks about this. There's over 500 people. And Paul actually writes in Corinthians. He says, you know, that, that uh, you can actually still go and find these people who are alive that saw the resurrected Jesus. Paul actually saying in, in that time to like go fact check me on this, right? There's people who will actually testify to these accounts, not just me writing this. Um, another thing is you think about like the, the uh, disciples were willing to go and to die for their faith, Jesus was crucified and all the disciples were willing to go and to die as they continued to spread the gospel of Jesus. They're willing to die. Uh, Peter, who even uh, uh, said that he wanted to be crucified upside down so that, uh, that he didn't deserve to be crucified like his Lord and Savior. So people were willing to die for Jesus. So all these eyewitness accounts that, that are, are, are strong evidence for our faith. One of the other reasons I think is very compelling is that uh, uh, in the story, women were the first to talk about Jesus' resurrection. They were the first to see him and to talk about it. And in that culture, women weren't even allowed to give testimony in the court of law. And so it's almost, uh, by, by saying that women were the first to see it, it's almost in a way uh, trying to discount it in that culture. And so I believe that it actually lends us to think, you know, uh, you can't even make this stuff up. Like if they were making it up, they wouldn't have said women were the first to see him in that culture. And so we have evidence from eyewitnesses. We have evidence from history. We talked about that. Um, you know, uh, we see hospitals and universities and, uh, um, you know, even science has its roots In Christianity, uh, hospitals and universities, we can trace so many of their beginnings back to the church. And so there's evidence uh, from history uh, that that helps provide foundation for our faith. And then as we talked about evidence from our own personal experience, that creates a foundation for our faith. You know, I'm not just a pastor uh, at a church. I'm a product of the church. Right. My story is, is that I was broken and messed up and, and, and my family was messed up and we got connected with the church and the church helped uh, uh, put me back together and helped me find a place. And it's out of that that so many good things have come into my life. And, and in fact, if, if not for the church, um, who knows? It wouldn't be pretty. It wouldn't be pretty. And so as we look around and we see all that God has done, There's evidence for our faith, right? You may have doubts, but it's with your faith. But our faith isn't irrational. It isn't illogical. I have history. I have eyewitness testimony. It's based in personal experience. And no, we cannot test it in some science laboratory, but that is why it's called faith. But I can still believe and I can affirm all of it, even if I'm struggling with doubt it's our faith and our doubt together. So sometimes we just need to remember where Jesus has brought us, where Jesus met us, what he has brought us through and remember how far he has brought us. And so let's look at uh, verse 30 and 31 as this uh, wraps up. John wraps this up and verse 30, it says the disciples saw Jesus do many other miracles, miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But listen to this. But these are written so that you may continue to believe. You may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life. You will have life by the power of his name. You know, I believe that the enemy would have you believing lies, would have you doubting yourself. The past two years have been challenging to say the least. And and uh, you know, I think if we allowed ourselves to doubt and to allow the enemy to speak in a life, we can become guarded. We can begin to put up walls in our life. trying to keep ourselves safe maybe or try not to be exposed to harm or you know, begin to doubt in our life. And the enemy wants us to begin to ask questions and to isolate ourselves from, from other people. It's why we need to keep showing up. We need to be around each other. We need to interact with each other. But the enemy wants to isolate you. Wants to keep you by yourself. Wants you to ask questions like, where is God? Where is God in all of this? Maybe these are questions you've, you've, you've wrestled with over the past two years or maybe currently wrestling with. And, you know, why don't I feel God like I used to? Why doesn't he speak into my life like he used to? Why am I not feeling him? Why is there suffering? Is it just me? Is it, is it something I've done? Is something wrong with me? Am I not good enough? Have I been left out? And the enemy would want you to, to begin to doubt yourself and to doubt your God. I believe that the Lord wants to speak to you today. And he wants to say, I'm okay with your doubts. You drag your doubts to me. Lord wants to say, Thomas, come put your fingers in my hands today. I can deal with your doubts. I can deal with your fears. You just come, you just keep showing up, you come, you, you put your, your uh, finger in my side and feel the wounds. I know what you need. And so the Lord is calling to you today. And so today, if you find yourself in a bit of a faith fail, a faith fail, know that Jesus is still pursuing you, still chasing after you, you just need to keep showing up. You need to remember your reasons for your faith and allow God to move in your life and meet you where you are. Bring your doubts. Bring your fears. Jesus has everything that you need. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I'm gonna ask everybody to kind of just take a moment. Maybe close your eyes. I just want you to think about it. I want you to think about it this morning. If you're at home, you're watching online, if you're here in person, I just want you to think about this this morning. Do I have doubts? Are there questions in my heart about my faith? Am I not trusting God like I have before? Maybe I don't hear his voice. If that's you this morning, you need to know that Jesus is calling you, he's calling you, and he wants to, to uh, let you know that he cares, that he loves you, that he's not scared of your doubt, he's not scared of your questions, just bring them and keep showing up. And maybe this morning you're here and you've never crossed that, that starting line of, of relationship with Jesus, you've never crossed that starting line of faith, and so if that's you this morning, you know I want you to know that, that you're here for a reason, it's not by mistake that you're here this morning and, and, and Jesus wants you to know that he loves you, that he has a plan for your life and he can meet you where you are in your doubt and your mess, whatever it is.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the Base Shore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be. You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.